the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. There's one occasion where they can come back and share what's happened in their life so they can be a blessing to you. Now, that's not completely true. They, they wanted to go to camp. And, uh, I would like if you gave towards any of the fundraising, if you ate, if you bought candy back there or, or you gave, you bought Boston butts or any of the fundraisers, we want you to know that doesn't go without us appreciating it. They couldn't have gotten, most of, a lot of these kids couldn't have got to camp if it weren't for you. And so we thank you so much. Give yourselves a round of applause. And now I'm going to turn the service over to Mr. Bill McCall. <coughs> Well, good morning. Hot. Everybody doing good this morning? Well, I do want to share, you know, as he's talking about what you're a part of here, and there's one thing I want you to know what this church is a part of, is ensuring that when it comes to camp time, when it comes to trying to, you know, have a place where God is and can plant and move in the lives of our youth, it's here. Um, Zachary Bigley Ministries is, uh, man, it's just it's the second camp I've been a part of, you know, and it's just not just him. It's just team he puts around him and the speakers that come in. I'm telling you, they speak life in these young people. They speak life in it. And, you know, again, you're, you're going to see the fruit of that here just shortly. But we already have that video. Now, y'all are lucky. The video I had, there was a technical difficulty. So this is nothing. So that was this week. Was that it? Okay, that's fine. No, that so, was the wrong video. That was my video. That was the wrong. Yeah. Didn't okay. you have a video? Well, that one, it didn't work. It oh, okay. We had some technical difficulty. We'll get it another day because it'll be more specific. But the jumping, and I just want to explain, when the service start, the kids run to the front of the altar, and that hasn't stopped, and that's been going on for years. They run to the altar for praise and worship and jump and excited and praising God. And I'm just telling you, Adults, we need to tap into that. I'm just telling you. Amen. All right, so who first wants to give the testimony? Come on up here. Come on up here, big guy. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, come on. Come on. Y'all know, y'all always tell y'all, ain't Bill show. Y'all come on. We're all one team up here. Come on. So somebody was on fire and said he wanted to go first. Come on over here, young man. And I'll just say one little thing. That last night, this young man was everywhere praying for everybody. Amen. Woo, he was awesome. And, you know, the enemy tried to stop some things in the middle of, his, of the camp, and then uh, God came in, and then I'll let him share the rest. First off, I want to thank everybody for um, helping me get to the camp, because that was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and second off, like, the camp was awesome. Like, I seen, like, I got to meet people that I never knew before, and, like, made new friends. And, um, like, I think everybody here built a better bond with everybody in their group and so he won, I'll help him out a little bit he won the ice cream eating contest huh I'm talking a big group and what do you say your, your mouth was kind of numb in the end <laughs> all right <laughs> and yeah we had the baptism uh, we had five that got baptized in the ocean so who's next who wants to be next? Oh, six, sorry. Next? Is that one? Yeah. You're not used to how it flows, anyways. Um, newbie. Um, I've been to camp since 2015, summer, and then I missed one winter. Everyone holds me down for that one. But um, so it's like five or six or seven, something like that. But this year, I didn't go as a camper, I went as staff. And so all of them and a bunch of people came coming up to me and they're like, you wish you were a camper? Do you wish, like, is it different? How is it How is it being staff? Like, do, are you sad that you came as a staff instead of a camper? And I was like, it's two different experiences. Both amazing, because Zachary Bigley Ministries puts on the best camp in the world. It's literally my favorite place on this earth. And um, it's different. It's 
I don't get to be in the crowd. I'm always the one in the crowd, like jumping, like hype. But it's different. I have I was on lights and stuff and doing other stuff in the back. But I get to see them. I get to see them do the praying. I get to see them worship God. I get to see them like hearts just brought wide open. And it's different. And it's amazing, though. It's like crazy to be grown up and grown into a leader and see them growing into leaders and like them doing it on their own. Like they don't need they don't necessarily need me to pray for them. They can pray for each other. And it's great to see that. And it was amazing one night, Wednesday night, it was um, this the praise girl person. uh, She got a new song like right on stage and it was Chains Breaking and Freedom. And I, you could see it. Literally, I was standing in the sound booth just looking at the kids. And you can just see chains breaking off of them and seeing the love of God touch them so deeply. I feel like everyone and the next night, Holy Ghost Party, you can just see God speaking into these kids. Like life they that they knew nothing of before. They come from terrible homes and they come here just for a moment. And God gets to talk to them and change their lives. And it, it's amazing to see. And I just love camp for real. All right. Um, uh, thank you all for everything. And <laughs> um, all right. Uh, one of Zach's main points is like God's not mad at you, and He loves you, and He's got a plan for your life, and that's good. Because I always thought like if I do bad, then I'm sure He's mad at me, and I'm like not doing good and I don't know and and then all these friends we make down there like we see them twice a year but I feel like I'm closer to them than like all my friends I see like every weekend and hang out with and stuff I don't know like they're just so close to us I don't know okay I'm gonna try not to talk forever and I get carried away sometimes but I'm gonna talk about two things like first like what Zoe's saying like it is just just going there like you just get happy just being there like that atmosphere is just like it's amazing like if you go to that camp and you don't feel loved like if you leave not feeling loved you weren't paying attention if you leave feeling like God's mad at you you weren't paying attention and if you feel like there's no plan for your life like you were not paying attention like that is all they talk about like they talked about your identity and how it's in Christ and like when you you just feel the love like you don't even have to like talk to someone like you just walk in and you're just like dang like I am loved like and Joshua the friends we make they're like it's um, crazy how you do only see them twice a year like but you're so loved by them and like you don't have to question that and I don't know it's crazy and like this year at camp for me was a little different I've it's my fourth summer camp going to and I was kind of like I've always wanted to like pour into me pour into me you know like every year and I felt like this year was more of like a, I got to pour out more because I'd been so many times. And I got to see kids that were there for the first time. Like, And I remember myself that first year. And like, it's crazy when you go for so many years, like you just know how it works. And like, I feel like it was more, I got to pour out and like pray for people more instead of like me getting it. It was like me giving it. and But like still getting it because of like, praying for someone and something happening like it still gives you something and so I'm gonna talk about okay so what night was that Thursday Zach it was the Holy Ghost party so like the Holy Ghost party they kind of just flow like if Zach has a word he says it then the worship starts again and he was like anybody who needs physical healing and hands you know they just all fly up and um Madison raised her hand and I was kind of like I was like no Maybe I should kind of pray for someone not in my youth group so I don't look like I'm trying to just stick with my youth group, you know? And the guy was like, go pray for her. And he's like, it's her feet. And I was like, no. I was like, I'll go pray for someone else. And God was like, go pray for her. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm praying for Madison. And so I go over to her and I was like, hey, is it your feet? And she was like, yeah. And she, we kind of like laughed because we always joke about it. And that she was like, yeah, it's my feet. And I like, I just like prayed, y'all. And like, I don't think I've ever prayed that hard for something like, God was just like, after arguing, God was like, I'm going to prove a point now. You know how God is. Like, he he blows your mind. And he was just like, 
I've never prayed that hard for something. Like, I was, like, mad at the situation, like, how God, like, had a hold on it and stuff. And so, like, I'm not going to say the rest of it, but Madison is, but okay. Okay, so, like, when Kaylee came up to pray for me, it was, you could tell, like, God was speaking to her because she automatically knew what it was. Like, she didn't even have to think about it. She was like, it's your feet. And so she just she just started praying. And when she was praying, I just broke down. And, like, I could feel it. And, like, I could feel it, like, the pain going away and the swelling going down. And then, like, after she got through, I kept looking at my feet. And they looked so much like this because I have swollen bumps right here. and the, Like, you couldn't even see the swelling anymore. It was gone because she prayed for it. And God, like, healed it. <laughs> Honestly, like, this camp was one of the best experiences I've ever had. And, like, I loved it so much. It's just, it's great. Okay. <laughs> They're crying. <laughs> Okay, so a lot happened at camp for me. I've never gone before. This is my first time going to any summer camp, probably since I was, like, you know, little. It was a little different because it's a lot more, you get a lot more interaction when you're older and you understand more. I feel like I know kids camp, I just have never been to a camp like that that's so great and you get so close with people. So a lot of things happened for me. Um, I got to speak in tongues. My mouth was healed because I got my wisdom teeth out and it hurt. Um, I got baptized in the ocean, but I think those things were great. But I think the best thing was getting to pray over other people and help them because that's what really matters to me. Because that, like she said, that's what gives you something is to help other people. And that was probably the best part to me. So. Uh, I wanted to start saying thank you, thank you to all y'all, and um, it was definitely a different experience than it was the last three years, and um, I actually got to see, like, others being able to pray for each other, you know, like, like I don't know the words, it's, too, it's like, I don't understand, I can't find the words for this, <laughs> but I just wanted to thank y'all. I just want to thank y'all too and um, I feel like every year it just gets better and better you know and I know some of these were with us last year and I feel like it they changed more this year you know because they receive it more because they let them in and it was a good experience thank y'all Um, this was my first year going, and it was really, really good. And I got baptized in the uh, ocean, even though I've already been baptized, but I have got baptized again. And uh, it was really, really fun, and I want to thank y'all. Nick needs to get up here, too. Well, we had 12 go. Three are not here right now. Shannon had to go to work, but Chandler and John also went. So we had 12 kids, and then three leaders. Nick was a leader, too. And this was my first time going, and um, it was awesome. It was, as you can see, what they've said, there were prophetic words that happened, um, you know. And the funniest thing was that there was a Baptist group there, and they had given a testimony how they had come, and they were like, we didn't know. But they were like, we love this, you know. And so, I mean, it was awesome. The Spirit of God was definitely there. And we're going to get that video because he spent a lot of time making that video. It, it's amazing. It will just totally, to see them, uh, it'll make you just, <laughs> just praise God and cry. <laughs> it's awesome. So one of the, one of the words that God directly spoke to me just in my heart, and when I say he spoke it to me, like I didn't hear like how my voice is projecting to y'all right now. It's just this thought in my head. But when it's a good thought, you know, it's God speaking to you, you know, the devil would never tell you, hey, go pray for this man's leg or something like that. I just want to encourage you guys that you don't have to try so hard. You don't have to walk in here on a Sunday morning in a uniform fashion and sit down perfectly and stand up straight when they say and sing when it's time to sing and raise your hands when God says raise your hands. You could already have them up in there. Uh, just, just let God do it. Just let it happen. I tell you, nothing would make me happier 
and Kirsty happier for us to get pushed off into the corner of the altar to make room for the rest of y'all to be up here praising the Lord. You know what I mean? And and if we come back every, you know, just a couple weeks ago, we had the kid camp giving their testimony. And they say how, oh, Kaylee was up there on the worship platform saying, man, these kids really praise God. And you all need to step up your game. You know, and we come back today and you see that video of all the teenagers jumping up and down praising the Lord. I'm telling you guys, like, we're supposed to be the role models, right? Anybody in here above 18, you're supposed to be leading this next generation into what they're supposed to be doing. Well, I'm saying you're not big enough to mess up God's plan, so if you're not going to give it to them, someone else is going to give it to them. So even if these teenagers aren't seeing y'all doing it, they're still going to get it. But I just want to encourage y'all because it's going to be such a bigger blessing when you allow God to work through you as well because he wants to use you because you can't mess up his plans but he would really love for you to be involved with it because it's going to be that much sweeter when you get to help him just like you see this morning how many ushers do we have taking up the offering four right two men could have done it by themselves but it's so much better to have these four to have these younger men up here helping serve as ushers and god wants you he wants you to be helping him even though he can do it without you amen well alexis this. I see you. Did you come up? You good? You don't want to share? Huh? All those things God was doing? And she's leading the team up there? Um, I don't really have much to say, but so before I went to camp, I didn't really feel hope or happiness. And being there, God really just like... He just gave me that hope to keep going on in life, and he gave me happiness that I haven't really felt in a while. And I've been having a pro like, I don't know, I've been holding on to my past, and it's been hard to, like, let go and know God loves me through everything I've done wrong in my life. And he just told me to let it go, and he still has love for me, and that could never change no matter what I do. And we do have the, the video of her leading the team in the chant. Um, actually, three of our youth were in the top three of the chants. You have to see that. Mine was in the last. You won't see mine. Um, and again, Jalen won the ice cream contest. Um, your team won the overall uh, events as far as scores and everything, the green team. So Madison was able to be a part of the, the number one team. They'll be bragging on them next year because they're the, the kings of the camp, I guess is what they're calling it. We'll bring up Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. So the whole camp, the whole theme was identity. And I'm telling you, it was awesome because, you know, actually it was cool that God was already showing before it got, we got to camp. Then this is what some of the things we'll be, um, you know, continuing to talk about because you know what? <clears throat> they need to know who they are in Christ. And what we learned, a sin problem, drama, um, all these issues that are out there in the family, out there in the world, it's all a problem with someone not knowing their true identity. And it says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ living in me. And that life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith. See, when you get born again, and now you're born again Christian, yeah, you got that new life, but that flesh still wants to do what it wants, you know, what it wants to do. But you got to live by in the flesh, in you know, living in faith, which is in the Son of God and who loved me and gave Himself up for me. Amen. So it's living in that and continue to fight for it. And I'm telling you, what I saw, I saw some awesome hearts in these youth. We have an awesome youth group here, and every one of the God is doing something in each and every one of them. And it was awesome to see the holy. The last night, what blessed me is the fact that. And again, it wasn't just Jalen, even though probably I had to give crown Jalen the king of praying for everybody because he probably played for like 30 people. But each and every one of them were up praying for one another. And it was awesome. And, um, you know, just being able to see that and just see them, um, you know, working together. And again, as they're talking about getting closer together and working in as a family here, you know, in, in the body. Um, and then, of course, and then the end, which I wish I had the video of the show. So on the way home, I was blessed with being reminded of high school musicals. <laughs> so anyway, so they took over the music on their way home, and anyway, and it was fun. But but I'll um, I'll make sure the video we have is available for everybody, and I think it gives a more in-depth detail of what experience that they did have. And again, I want you youth. The devil can't take what God put what God did with y'all. Amen. Y'all fight for it, and in, in fighting faith, and fight for who you are in Christ. Right? Whatever's going on, we're back home now. You got friends. You got to continue walking your day-to-day -day life out. 
But just remember, we're grounded in Christ. Amen? In Matthew 18, 20, it says, Where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Where two or three are gathered into my name, there I am in the midst of them. And you know what? I know when you come to the Passion Church, you, you like that we have friendly people at the door, and you, if you have children you love, that we have a great children's department. And you love the time we get to hug on one another after praise and worship, and we got a wonderful worship band and all that. But I truly believe, whether you even realize it or not, the reason that you keep wanting to come here is because the presence of God is here. And that's what we're all secretly longing for. And the, the kids have expressed themselves and, you know, many things that they loved about the camp. And all of them, you know, are because the presence of God was there. They went expecting. They went with expectation. You guys didn't go to camp thinking this is going to suck, did you? Let me ask you, did you come to church this morning saying this is going to suck? So you have to have that same expectation when you come to church. When you go to ch uh, school on Monday morning, are you saying this is going to suck? <laughs> are well, well, you know, can't lie, Pastor. <laughs> but you guys went because you, and, and you were able to give yourselves to worship. I showed that video, you know, showed that video of them jumping and they weren't, inhibited by anything because they were all there with the oneness of heart with one purpose to worship God they weren't worrying about what everybody else was thinking because they knew everybody else was thinking the same thing and what a beautiful picture it is we've been in a series called the house of God and today I'm going to title this short message a house of worship We've talked about the house of God should be a lighthouse. Last week we talked about it should be a rescue mission. How we should go leave the 99 and find the one. But this week we're going to just talk briefly about being a house of worship. You know that video where they were jumping? I've been here at this church for 20 years, Bill. And I have worked with the youth for five or six years. And I've been in untold amount of services where the music was better than that. But I have never seen you guys jump and praise and, and, and shout and, and love on the Lord like you do at camp. Why is that? Is God only at camp? Is there a different God at camp than we have here? So why do the youth sometimes lose their fire after only a few weeks? Not this group, of course, but some groups have. Because, well, they lose, they forget who they are, and they, they lose their expectation. They begin to set their sights on winter camp now. But what if you set your sights on Wednesday night, next level, Jesus is going to be there. And next Sunday, Jesus is going to be there. What if, what if you get up in the morning and say, I can spend time with God right now. He's there for you. You can pray for somebody in here today. All the, the wonderful things. See, camp is like a little slice of heaven on earth. It's beautiful. I, I've been there. This is the first year I haven't gone in seven years. And we go, and it's like a little, it's like God's arms are around the little facility there. And everybody, you walk in there, and all of a sudden, you just love everybody. And everybody wants to be friends to you. And, and, and everybody that's weak and, and insecure, somebody will come along and pick them up. And, and everybody feels important. And it's like a little slice of heaven. But my question is, why can't we have that? It's not a special God there at camp. He's here. And if we would expect, and if we would long for the same things that they went longing for, and we would get in one heart, one mind, in one accord, we could lift our hands and worship. We could jump and shout and praise God. <laughs> I, I wonder sometimes if the youth come here and then they feel like they can't let go because of all of our inhibitions. 
And we're the ones supposed to be teaching them. Shame on us. Shame on us that we need the youth to come here once a year to get us fired up. Let's talk about Mary. Let's get off this subject. But I'm just, I'm not not getting on you. I'm saying it could be ours. You could live a slice of heaven here on earth. It's in you. The kingdom of God is in you now. It's there for the taking. Turn to Luke chapter 10 verse 38. Luke chapter 10. We're supposed to be a house of worship. You know, worship means so many things. It's more than just three songs on a Sunday. Luke 10, verse 38. Now, this is, this is not Mary, mother of Jesus. This is not Mary Salome. This is not Mary Magdalene. There's a lot of Marys in the Bible. This is the Mary that had a sister named Martha and a brother named Lazarus. And you know this story. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, just a side note, why was Jesus going to Jerusalem? To go to the house of God. Jesus loves the house of God. And they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed welcomed him into her home. And her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, now if we stop there and you have never read this story before, you're thinking he's going to say, that's right, Mary, get up and go help your sister. You know, if you never read this story, this, what he says next is kind of odd to our way of thinking. I bet it surprised uh, Martha. In the King James, he, he addresses her as Martha, Martha. In that tone. Can you get a picture of it? But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the little details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. One thing. And Mary has discovered it. And guess what? It will not be taken away from her. She's discovered that one thing. And I'm not going to take it away from her. She's discovered the one thing. Have you discovered the one thing? In verse 39 it says, Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Now we think, well, what's the big deal? You know, it's their house. But in those days in Jewish traditions, women didn't have the same place as men in that culture. You know, today, you get in big trouble if you tell a woman to hit the kitchen. But in those days... It was like, what are you doing in here, woman? This is, Jesus is a special guest. We have dignitaries. We have the disciples. And we ain't got place for women. But not Mary. She's like, she's going down front. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so, oh, did, did, I'm, oh I, I knocked your water. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and, and the man is thinking, woman, what are you doing? Why don't you get in the kitchen and help your sister? I, I will in a minute. I'm, I'm going, I, but I, I got to get to Jesus. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry. Can I, I, I'm close, but I, I really, I want to get, I want to get up to the front. Woman, what in the world are you doing? Get up. Won't you get in the kitchen? No, no, I, I, I'm sorry. Get, give me something to drink. I'll get it later, but I got to get to, I got to get shits. I'm sorry. Sorry. This is uncomfortable. I'm, I know this is, this is embarrassing, you know, how many hate to be in that position? You hate it, but you know what? Mary, she finally worked away, not a couple of rows back, not sitting on a cloth and all dignified, but she went up to Jesus, she got down, and I can just picture her just touching Jesus' feet, just rubbing His feet every now and then, and look, looking, and she didn't care what anybody thought. See, that's the problem. She didn't care 
would anybody fault? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I bet Jesus had to give them fellas a look. They were probably like, Jesus, are you going to allow this to go on? This is undignified. And Jesus is like, don't you talk about my girl. Mary didn't care if she stood out, if she stood alone, or she was misunderstood. Didn't make a difference to her. And you, Are you listening to what I'm saying, youth? If you feel like you got to step on somebody's toes in this place to worship, you go on and worship. You go on and make your way down to the front. You go on and get at Jesus' feet because that's where your slice of heaven is. That's the one thing. Mary didn't find her self-worth and acceptance in a crowd like many of us do. She found it at the feet of Jesus. Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1.10, he says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. See, we can't be people pleasers. I love what Brother Chad sang that song just now. He used to have a business card that said Chad Allen Ministries or something. It said, playing to an audience of one. And that's the heart of a worshiper. You know, they're not up here entertaining. They're not up there to be seen. They are ministering to that one thing that's important. They are, they are getting to Jesus' feet. That's the one thing. And so, if they can get there, if we can get there as a praise team, we're hoping that you guys will come along with us. But our determination is that whether you sit out there stone-faced and, oh, I can't stand, it's too loud. What, no matter, why don't you go back to the kitchen? You know, whatever you say, it's not going to stop us. Because we have found that one thing. Say one thing. Verse 39, it says, Mary sat at the Lord's feet and it says, listening. Say, listening. How different would our lives be if when we came to church, we came listening. I'm not just talking about hearing what I'm saying. Oh, that was good this morning, whatever. I'm talking about listening. Okay, well, the pastor's going to say his, his little sermon. He's going to say certain things or whatever. But you're listening for what the Holy Spirit is going to say during the message. Through the message, through the Word of God, you're, you're listening to let it speak to you. You're writing notes. You're taking them down. And when you get home, you're going to get your notes out before God, and you're going to pray about them and say, what can I learn from this, and how can it change my life instead of just going through the motions of playing church? I want it to change me. And I want to live at your feet. What if you really listened in prayer? Instead of just rattling off your list of, Lord, I need this, and Lord, I need that, and i got to go. But you took some time. God, what would you say to me? That's a relationship. Martha had succumbed to the 99 other things fighting for her attention. And I know you got them too. We all got 99 things fighting for our attention. But Mary had sought the one important thing. And she knew, if I could just get to Jesus' feet, all those other things, they will take care of themselves. See, that's where you want to find balance in your life. Balance in this world is found in no other place than at the feet of Jesus. You put Him first, then all these other things will fall in line. The reason why you got 99 bills and 99 problems and 99 situations that's about to have you pull your hair out is because you haven't been sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what He told you to do. And, and learning from Him. And, and <sighs> taking a deep breath of Him. And knowing that you're loved like these kids said. They, they knew that they were loved. That my friends, is where you find yourself. Mary had proper priorities. And that's something that the American church, we have lost sight of. There's one priority. 
1992, I went on a little mini vacation, kind of a men's day vacation. Me and my dad and my brother, we went down to the Gulf Coast of Mississippi where some of my uncles lived and my grandfather and one of my uncles had this big like 30 foot cabin cruiser, you know, fishing boat thing. And it was made out of wood. It was not like fiberglass newer. It was an older one that had been restored. Beautiful boat. And uh, we went out about 100 miles off the Gulf Coast to a place called Chandelier Islands. And we were fishing on the backside of it. And it was a beautiful day. Blue skies and crystal clear water. We were catching fish and playing in the surf and chasing sharks up and down the beach. You know, just having a good time. And uh, then we got back on the boat that afternoon and fried up them fresh fish that we had caught and somebody had brought some shrimp and we and uh, crabs and we boiled them and as the sun went down it was so pretty so pretty and then the sun went down and as it got dark it got so dark the stars were just like I was seeing galaxies out there with my naked eye I mean it was just thing I had never seen the stars like that it was almost like you could reach up and get pricked by one you know it's like you could touch them. They were just so beautiful and so close. And this whole time, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, I wish I could just go home. You see, I recently started dating this redheaded girl with these beautiful green eyes. And uh, I was what you call lovesick. And it, I could have been having the best vacation. I could have been in heaven itself. But I'll tell you where I wanted to be. I wanted to be back home in dreary old Memphis, Tennessee with my redheaded love. And her name was Angie. I used to be so in love with her. Wait a minute, I'm not through but not nearly as much as I am now. All right, guys. And we've been together 20-something years since then. We've been together almost 27 years now, and I love her more now than I did then because we have fought to keep our love. And you know a marriage requires, you, you can't take a break on your marriage. You can't say, well, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get back with you when the kids are grown. Or I'll just, I'm taking this season off because my job has me working so much. You got to work at your marriage. And the same thing, you have to work. See, me and Angie spent time together, listening, sharing, doing for one another, practicing PDA. You know, guys from camp know there's no PDA at camp, right? Can anybody tell me what PDA is? Public displays of affection. Why can I come up to Angie and kiss her anywhere? Because we don't care what anybody thinks. Like Mary didn't care. Well, I, I, she cares most of the time. She's like, get away from me. <laughs> but I don't care. You can ask anybody. Because I love her so much, I don't care what people think. Amen? And wherever I am, apart from Angie, I still, to this day, have this yearning to get back home to Angie. I can't, I can't enjoy myself. I can't go on a vacation by myself and enjoy myself. It'd be the whole time, I'd have some fun, yeah, but I would be waiting. The best part would be going back home to Angie. And see, that's the kind of love you have to create with Jesus. It requires work. It requires you to be dedicated. You've heard the saying what? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe a short absence, but I would, <laughs> I would tell you prolonged absence makes the heart grow colder. And those of you who have tried long-distance relationships can attest to this, right? If you spend too much time like Martha... You get too busy in the things of this world, your love for Jesus is going to grow cold. You have to fight for your love for Jesus. Some of you look like you spent 
the whole summer in Martha's Vineyard on a vacation from Jesus. You know where real life is found, don't you? Some of you say, well, and I hear this all the time, but you don't know my life, my schedule. This time of year, this is happens, and this, and this, and this. And we all have these things, these 99 pulling at us. But at some point, we have to take the reins of our life. You're not going to get to heaven and Jesus asks you what you did with all your time and you're going to say, well, it was my boss's fault. You own the 24 hours of your day. And you have to make decisions. There's going to be times, I'm not saying go quit your job, or nothing, but I'm saying there's going to be times, seasons in your life. But at some point, you have to take ownership of the one thing that's important. Whether it's on your job or whatever you have to do, you have to make time for the one thing. We're a house of worship. Jesus said in verse 42 of this text, he said, this is the one thing worth being concerned about. If you forget everything else we ever taught here at the Passion Church, you'll be alright as long as you're in love with Jesus. All the keys to living a good and healthy and righteous life and everything, all that will come into balance if you keep this one thing in perspective. That's easy, isn't it? God made it one thing. You find yourself. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. This is not the only time that Mary would be a stream in the Bible. Turn to John chapter 12. Starting in verse 2. Another familiar story, but you're listening, right? You're listening with expectation, right? John chapter 12, verse 2. It says, A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor, and Martha served. Go figure. And Lazarus was among those who ate with him. And that's good because he was dead last week. <coughs> See, you put Jesus in the center of your life, you're going to be all right, okay? <coughs> verse 3. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. There she is at his feet again, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with that fragrance. What kind of fragrance is your worship to the Lord? What does your fragrance smell like? Of course, didn't take long for Judas to step up and say, well, he was indignant. Man, you could have sold that perfume. Don't you realize that was thousands of dollars worth of perfume? You just broke it and wasted it. This woman had just poured her life savings onto Jesus. She could have just took, took here, smear a little on him. Here, Jesus, I want to share a little bit, a bit, a bit of what I have. But no, she broke the whole thing. She didn't just make it smell good right there. She made it smell good everywhere. <laughs> and Judas was indignant. Man, this ain't, this ain't right. Let me tell you something. Who cares what Judas thinks? Why should we care what Judas thinks? There's a lady named Susan Narjala. In a, a commentary she wrote about this event, she said, Mary was unreserved in her love for Jesus. She worshipped Him. Not a casual, what's next on the agenda worship. She wasn't like, oh, we're going to do three songs, I'm going to worship Him for a minute, and then we're going to get on with the service. No, she was like, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't stop on me early. Let's keep worshiping. Let's make sure that we're in the presence of the Lord and He'll tell us when to quit. 
It was an extravagant worship, she said, where she didn't count the cost. It was a reverential worship, an extraordinary worship, perhaps even an irrational worship. didn't make sense to a lot of people. And you see some people worshiping and it doesn't make sense to you, and don't play the Judas. Because somebody worships different from you and they let themselves go and you're all reserved. Don't judge the way somebody else worships. That's what's the problem why people won't make their way to Jesus' feet because there's too many Judases judging one another. An irrational worship. She didn't look at her clock or her wallet or at the people who were wagging their fingers in judgment. Instead, she looked at Jesus. Are you listening to you? She looked at Jesus and she allowed Him to fill her vision and eclipse all the other stuff and junk around her. And sometimes it's going to be difficult. And sometimes you're going to be in the middle back there and there's going to be somebody talking during worship and there's going to be people coming in the back door and there's going to be ushers doing this and there's going to be things going on and the music ain't just right and somebody's out of tune and all this. And you're going to try to get alone at home sometimes in prayer closet and the kids are going to be banging and, Mama, I need a hot dog. <laughs> and sometimes you got to Lock the door in the bathroom and just tell them, I'm doing number two, go away. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. There's distractions always. The devil will make sure there's distractions. But the ones with a heart like Mary will find their way to Jesus' feet. Because they know it's their life. My life is hid with Him. And He is all to me and I don't care what anybody thinks and I don't care what i got to go through to get there. I'm getting there. And Jesus replied in verse 7, He said, Leave her alone. He told Judas, Leave her alone. She did this to prepare me for my burial. Two times Mary was extreme. The time where she made her way to His feet when everybody was thinking, What's she even doing here? And this time where she gave everything she had, she busted her alabaster box and poured it on him and gave her everything, gave everything that she had to him. And both times, I want you to see Jesus affirmed her. He didn't agree with Judas. Extreme is not something that pastors typically advise people. You know, I'm a great believer in having balance in your life. When somebody gets a little extreme in this area or, or that, I, I, say, I, I usually recommend, oh, let's, let's get a little balance to the situation. Let's talk about this, see what the Word of God says. Unless, unless you find something so totally perfect and all-powerful and you know that giving your all and being extreme in that regard, you can't go wrong. Then go and be extreme. And if you're asking me, should I worship Jesus? Should I be extreme? Go for it. Go for it. I'd like to have the praise team, the uh, not prayer team, but the praise team, the music team come up and maybe close us with a song. Before we leave today, I wanted to say that I believe there's three types of people in the church. Just three types. And you'll fit into one of these categories. The first category of people in the church is people who would say, I don't really love Jesus. I mean, I come into church, I'm trying to get it. I don't, I don't really understand why. I don't understand this whole thing. I'm, I see some of the principles are working in my life, and I know it's good, and people do it, but I just don't really love Jesus. And I would say to you, 
with a heart of humility, you don't really know Jesus. Because I can assure you, if you knew Jesus, you would love Him. And so my advice to you would be to press in. Keep pressing in until you get to know Him. And then you'll develop a love so, so strong, nothing will be able to stop you. The second kind of person is a person who used to love Jesus, was in love with Jesus at one point, but their love is over time beginning to wane. Like a marriage that started out in love and, and is headed for divorce eventually because why? Because you got one person being a Martha. One person concerned about the cares of this life. And that's you. If you've lost your love for Jesus, it's because you stopped pursuing Him. You stopped finding out about Him. And so I would say to you, get your priorities back straight. There's one thing. Don't forget the one thing. And thirdly, there's somebody here today that your love for Jesus is growing stronger and stronger every day. And to you, I would say, keep being extreme. Keep pressing in. Keep making your way down to His, to his feet. Keep listening. This is the extreme that you were created for. The house of God, my friends, is a house of worship. And you are that house. Let your worship be extreme. Make no apologies about it. Don't worry about what the world's thinking. Just love Jesus. And you'll, you'll naturally love other people. And we'll have a little slice of heaven right here at the Passion Church. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.